Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. And with me today is Eli Joseph. And here is a bit about Eli. So Dr. Eli Joseph is an author, educator, and public speaker. Currently serves as a faculty member at Columbia University and Queens College and as a partner and medical examiner at Exam One a Quest Diagnostics company. Using rejection to fuel his professional achievements, he's earned a bachelor's degree at the age of 20, a master's degree at 21, and a doctorate degree while teaching at an Ivy League institution at 24. As a partner at Exam One, Dr. Joseph works with the nation's top insurance firms, including AIG, Prudential, William Penn, and John Hancock. His new book, The Perfect Rejection Resume, A Reader's Guide to Building a Career Through Failure, February, it came out February 15th this year, compiles lessons about failures from his own life's experience and those of several influential thought leaders. So as you can see, Dr. Eli Joseph is going to be awesome and he's going to tell us what is a rejection resume because I have no clue and I'm sure you're probably just like me but I think it's when they give you the boot but without further ado please welcome Eli Joseph hi thank you for having me (laughs) my pleasure I really appreciate the introduction that was brilliant that was brilliant Thank you. And one thing you're going to know is we're definitely going to have fun on this segment. We're going to laugh. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty. And most importantly, we're going to educate, inspire, and motivate. So Eli, before we jump into rejection resume, I want you to share a fun and interesting fact about yourself that obviously I don't know, my community doesn't know, and maybe not even some of your family members, friends, or followers. So a fun fact about me is I used to play the trumpet at the age of 14. Between the age of 14 and 16, I used to play the trumpet. I was nice, but, you know, I no longer play the trumpet anymore, but I was good. Classical music was my thing. And I like to pick up like musical, like instruments as far as clarinets trumpets and I really enjoy the trumpets I used to play the trumpet when I was young oh I don't know why but all of a sudden I just thought about the movie drumline all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) thank you for sharing that fun fact so where did you grow up I grew up in Brooklyn New York New York City um I grew up in the East Flatbush area then I moved to the Canarsie Mill Basin side. Um, and that's where I've been. I've been born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And, you know, I love it. I love it here. Nice. And uh, one thing that I liked is that you didn't say, what up, son or son? Because like, it's like when I'm talking to New Yorkers, like, they always say son or is it just me? Because I'm in Texas. So like, and I don't sound country. I don't ride on horses, even though they're fun to ride. But is that a New Yorker thing or not? 
Yes, it's more so of the slang. It's not, it's not a, well, it is a slang, but at the same time, it's a part of the accent. So we sound different, as you can, can imagine. Um, and it's, it's the son, hey, my boy, and, you know, those type of, you know, words that, that are used time and time again. Oh, my guy. Those are the words that I don't, I don't come across as, as a guy that used those type of words. But, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a New York thing. It's just a New York thing. Thank you. I'm glad I know that it's a fact and not a myth. So Eli, when you were growing up, what was it like growing up? And do you think that your parents and your upbringing had an influence on you accomplishing some of the things you did at such a young age, 20, 21, and now, and at the age of 24? Wow, that's like, dun, dun, dun. It's like you had everything laid out. <laughs> But that's not true because growing up, um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have it all growing up. Um, I was this hard worker. I suffered from the middle child syndrome and it was not easy for me to, to basically transition from one area to the next. So I was just, I was brought up in that background. I got Haitian parents. So they are on top of me. They, they fully, they focus on education as the key, to, <laughs> as the key to success. Like you have to be educated in order for you to make a name for yourself. So it was not easy. I did not have a silver spoon, even though my, like my resume, it probably, pro, it projects that way as far as me having all the, the ducks you know, lined up. And it's not the case because I had to work hard to get to where I was at. I failed courses. I failed. I was almost on the brink of failing during my undergraduate year because I failed two courses. I had a 2.05 GPA one semester. And I had to basically graduate the next semester. So that way the administrators would have found out. So I was that person. I was driven and I was motivated by my failures, hence the perfect rejection resume. But it was not easy. It was not easy at all. Uh, my father passed away when I was just two years old. So my mom, you know, she had to hold it down for jobs at a time. So I, as far as my inspiration, she draws the, the inspiration as far as working hard. I also have father figures as well, my grandfather, my uncle. Um, and I learned, I learned as far as like some of the things that growing up as a man, you know, something I need to instill them within myself, but it was not easy. It was not easy growing up. So, you know, I, I, I tend to let people know off the bat, no, don't let the degrees and the accomplishments and the accolades fool you. Thank you for sharing that. And the reason why I asked is because I knew that you had some Caribbean descent in there. And I don't know if you saw me when I was like, crack the whip because my mom is West Indian. And it's like, you come home from, from school, you do your homework. And if we feel like you could go outside and play, you could go outside and play. There's not going to be anyone coming over the house. You're not sleeping at nobody's house. And it was just like the iron fist, like, you know, and whenever you get a little bit of freedom and you go to college, you get a little bit of buck wild because you don't have them like looking over you but then you quickly had to learn that okay my parents have another set of standards because they came to this country to make a better way so you don't want to let your parents down or your family because sometimes you may be the only one in your family that is afforded the opportunity to go to college 
or to do something else, whether it's financial reasons or et cetera. So I always like to just go beyond the surface level with all of my different guests so I could really connect with who you are and what made you go down the path you are because whenever you're on the media, nobody on the media is talking about their start ugly moments or their failures or et cetera. And I think it's so important to talk about that because it's character building and it gives us substance on where we are now. I agree. I definitely yeah. agree. So let's dive into this rejection resume because obviously you went through some rejection and then all of this has made you write the book. So let's start off by explaining what exactly is a rejection resume. So we don't make any assumptions because no one out here is trying to be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so let me preface the definition of a rejection resume by saying, and by pointing out the, re the res resume itself, the traditional resume is basically a document. It's a one page or a two page document that outlines our accomplishments that we've accumulated, whether it's through education, whether it's through you know, work experience, volunteering, scholarships, programs, contests. It's the positive side. The rejection resume is the complete opposite. It basically highlights our failures. It highlights the amount of times that we've um, been rejected at a company or at an institution. It highlights the, you know, the amount of time that you dropped out of school. It highlights the, you know, the fact that you you were rejected by your girlfriend while you tried to propose to her and it was embarrassing but it's a part of your your rejection resume so i always believe in building your career through your mistakes and your failures so that way you can become successful and it kills the it kills the assumption that you've gotten it so easy and you've gotten to where you've gotten to without any type of adversity. So this is the, this is basically a document, a rejection resume is a document that you can share your wounds, right? And we tend to share our wounds and we tend to, you know, put a bandage over it, but we, we, we basically put all of our failures under the rug. We, we are taught to move on and not dwell on your failures, focus on your success, but I, I always believe that you have to dive into your rejection resume and take the lessons from it so that way you can continuously build on yourself. I like how you share that and how you preface it. And you know what, in this day and age, I feel like if you get a rejection resume from somebody from a company or anyone in life, you should be able to give them a rejection resume too, because it's a, it's a two-way street. Just like you're interviewing for, for a company, you should be interviewing that employer to make sure that they're a good fit for you or a life partner or et cetera, because it is time commitment. You're going to spend either eight hours at a job. Some people spend more, um, especially if you're a doctor, a nurse or whatever profession you're in, or even a life partner. It's like you sign up for a lifetime commitment. So I told people like, you know what? My husband and I did it wrong three years. We test drove the car before we bought it because I was like, if I don't like this car, I don't want to be stuck with it. <laughs> so I was like, we dated for three, married for three, and then now we're building our family. <laughs> so it was like three, three, three. And three was like me thinking the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. But like me growing up, it's like, oh, girl, you're shocking. Why are you shocking with that man <laughs> or whatnot? <laughs> and I think that 
you have to test things out. And I feel like sometimes society conditions us to the point when we hear no as a negative connotation or when we are faced with rejection, it wants us to shrink up and shrivel. So have you ever experienced that, Eli? Yeah, of course, all the time. Um, all the t- I, I experienced that just recently. I was trying to put out an op-ed article um, and I sent it to the New York Times and within within 24 hours, I just get an automatic response saying, hey, we appreciate you for sending this op-ed, but unfortunately, we're not, we're not gonna move forward with it. Good luck. And it's like, okay, no problem. Um, and I take it as when I get rejected like that, it's, it's a, when I say, when I, when I see somebody tell me no, it means not now. And I may not get this piece published at the New York Times now, but, you know, later on down the line, if I do, you know, get this piece published and it goes viral, I'm pretty sure New York Times will come knocking on my door and say, hey, you know, hey, we, you know, we really appreciate, you know, you, you're, you sending us a, an article. We love the article that we rejected and you, it, it's gone viral, but at the same time, we want you to, we want you to write another article. So uh, sometimes that no, it's a not now and tables will always turn. I would also like to dive into another example where um, I, I applied to Columbia University as a student and I got rejected. And I, instead of just, you know, sitting down and feeling sorry for myself, I just say, okay, you know what, no problem. I'll just move on with my endeavors. And next thing you know, five years later, they're sending me an email saying, hey, we got some courses that you like, if you wanna, if you wanna teach, you can come on campus. And I've been, I've been a faculty member since 2018. So um, whenever I get rejected, whether for anything, I always make sure that it's temporary and it's not now. It means that I will not get the opportunity now, but I'll always present the opportunity for myself in the future. I like that perspective. And another um, layer I'll add on is whenever you see the word no or you hear it, think about it as new opening or next opportunity, because sometimes those no's can actually be life's biggest blessings for you because it's protecting you from something. But also whenever you go through those failures in your life, just take those failures as a way of learning a lesson and building upon it. Or, you know, like there's this uh, rap song that said, back then you didn't want me, now I'm hot, you're all want me. And I sometimes I could be a little petty, um, that's my alter ego, Petty Patty. She comes out and I'm like, okay, so I wasn't hot back then, but now you want me. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, actually, I'm actually kind of busy, but at this time, uh, I no longer have time to entertain this or you'll write them a rejection letter. And then whenever you feel like they're worthy, then you'll just reach out and say, oh, there's actually been some time in my calendar. Would you like to pursue this opportunity again or something? Because sometimes you just need to give people a taste of their own medicine, not to be petty, but just so they could be on the other side and feel what what you felt like. Because some people are just so cold. It's like you apply for something and then and five, 10 minutes pass, and they're saying, no, but did you even look at my proposal? So I feel like 
all of this builds up into the rejection resume. And unless we have these difficult but courageous conversations to either ask the person, okay, what makes me not a good candidate? What did the other candidate have that I did not have? What are some of the areas that you feel like I'm lacking? What are some areas that have improved? And just ask the question and kind of throw the ball back into their court, then we're always gonna feel like it's us and we did something wrong. When in actuality, maybe we just weren't the best candidate for that position, but maybe there's another um, position. And if you are bold and courageous and say, okay, I know you didn't pick me, but is there another opportunity that I aligned with? Or can you tell me why I was not selected or something? But some people just take the rejection and sit on it and they wallow in it. I agree. Dropping gems. Um, you're, you're dropping gems. <laughs> um, what I would say is that, you know, the tables will always turn. Tables will always turn and it will be your turn in the future. Um, and this is why I, I like to grab a concept from the book um, the perfect rejection resume and state that rent is due it every day. Rent is due it every day. And one day, you know, today you may not succeed. Today you may fail, but you're paying off rent by providing that effort. Once you provide that effort, that's your currency. That's your currency to accomplish your goals. And your goals are your, the goal is your landlord. So whatever goals that you have set up for yourself, just consider those goals as landlords and are you paying off your, your rent and are you putting that effort in? Whether you succeed or you don't, it, that's basically, that's, that's up to faith and you, know, you provide that. But it's, and it may not be your fault that things may not go your way, but if you have the mindset that rent is due it every single day, you realize that you can apply to more than one role in, in a company. And even if you fail, it's totally fine. Um, but as long as you're trying to progress your way to that goal. Um, and I, I personally believe that dream jobs are a myth. That's my opinion. Um, but, and the reason why dream jobs are a myth because your dreams are constantly evolving. Your goals are constantly moving. You have a moving goalpost here that, you know, you're, what you had five years ago is not what you envision now. Um, and what you have now is not what you're going to envision in the next five years. So I always believe that dream jobs are a myth. However, rent to do it every single day. You got to work hard to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Yeah, you don't work, you don't eat. So when did you decide that you wanted to write the book? Last year. I, it was in June. There was a Forbes piece. It was a Forbes article. Um, I was featured on the Forbes article and I was talking about academia and how you know sometimes we as you know color folks we tend to have some struggles in academia <laughs> um and sometimes it's more so of a lack of diversity sometimes it's a more of an education uh, educational um, problem that we have here and i noticed in the comment section um how people i love, I love to see what, what goes on in the comments because that's when the naysayers come out um, and that's when the gangsters come out behind the keyboard and they tend to throw shots. They tend to throw shots behind the keyboard. And I remember one comment that stuck with me. The comment said it was easy for him to even talk about academia because based on, based on his profile, he got it so easy. He, you know, he, he, did, not, he did not work as hard as he, he wanted to. He got his 
degrees at the age of 24. He was teaching before he even graduated with his doctorate. So he must have gotten it easy. So why are why is Forbes selecting him as a speaker for you know those who are struggling within academia? And it it didn't hurt, but I'm like, okay, I got something for you. And that's when the book, <laughs> that's when the idea of the book came out. And I read, I read, I wrote that book within six months. Like, okay, you know what? There's some chapters that I need to, there's some lessons that I need to pull in. And each chapter has a lesson. And on top of that, not only will I share my rejection resume, but I'm going to share my colleagues' rejection resume as well. So I pulled in, you know, Dr. Janice Gassum and how she failed, and Jari Lee and Devin Simone, who was a matchmaker. And I've pulled in some, some incredible guys and, and share their rejection resume as well, because not only have I been, I've, I failed my way through success. But everyone else that I know failed my way for their way to success as well. And you as well, who's typing behind the keyboard saying that I've gotten it easy, you probably failed your way through as well, but you don't want to talk about it. So, um, you know, I think when people think, when people write, you know, negative things on social media, it's more so of a deflection tactic. And that's basically the genesis of the book, no pun intended. I like that. And I like how your alter ego came out. I don't know what to call it. Maybe ego, ego Eli came out <laughs> and he's like, I got something for you. And bam, you lay down the book. So since the book has came out, what are some of the feedback that people have been saying about the book? So I've gotten some more feedback. Um, and there are people that reach out to me from time to time through LinkedIn, through Instagram and, and Facebook, through social media saying, man, you know, this is powerful. And I never thought about a rejection resume up until reading your book. Uh, I'm inspired to share my story now. So now I've gotten people to share their story about how they felt their way. And I've gotten people to feel more comfortable talking about failure and rejection because um, it's more so of a taboo topic. No one wants to talk about their failures. When you look at social media, everyone is posting their the best the best and, and the brightest versions of themselves. They are posting their success stories. They're posting on you know, their, their testimonials, but they don't post their tests, right? When people think of their tests and their rejection, it, those tests turn into testimonials. And we want to talk about how you struggled your, through your way and, and how you overcome that. And you know, when I get those feedback, it, it, it basically fills my, my cold heart with, with joy because, um, you know, when I want to impact someone to say, you know what, I'm comfortable to share my story. I want to share my story as well. And, and maybe for their personal gain, perhaps their story may go viral. You know, everyone wants to go viral now all of a sudden. So um, I guess I'm providing them more content to go viral and, and, and get, you know, the shares and the likes and all that stuff so that people can be aware of their story as well. So I, and once again, I don't want to incite a rejection resume challenge, but it would be a good idea to share your rejection resume if you want to. So that way you can feel comfortable sharing your story and inspire others as well. Congratulations again. And I'm so glad that you're getting that feedback because I tell people feedback is a gift, whether it's negative or positive. You take what applies to you, you build upon it, and you're either going to strengthen some of your skills or you're actually going to go back and say, you know what? This doesn't apply right now, but let me put it in my back pocket. So whenever something does surface, you could kind of relate to it and don't take it personal. Everything is not meant to be personal. 
I could tell you countless times I've been rejected by different oil and gas companies and it, it hurt and it was hard, but then I just said, you know what? I'm an asset, not a liability. So start to see yourself in a different light and then just keep on trucking. And in the right time at the right moment, um, everything will line up for you, but continue to plant those seeds in order for you to reap a harvest. And I have a really sweet spot for authors, Eli, because I'm actually an author as well. So my book is called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, <laughs> From the Pit to the Palace. And I shared my story on how I had to like start at the at the bottom and work my way up at this particular Fortune 500 company. But I really like when people take what um, experiences that they go through in life and really write about it because you never know how someone else across the world or across the pond can resonate with your story because all of us have something amazing to share. And as we wind down, Eli, I want you to think about some tips and tricks that you could leave the listeners and viewers with. Then we'll jump into your call to action. Okay, so the tips and tricks. I would say one of the tips that I was that I would like to advise uh, my my listeners would be number one, obviously, friends do it every day. You get that. Um, but on, I would say to the listeners that world records exist for a reason, and if you know that something that you thought was impossible can be achieved, then nothing is impossible. So there's a tongue twister where we say that if something, if, if it's possible to accomplish something that is impossible, then it is possible that nothing is impossible. And I would like to encourage readers to be fearless. And we always have a fear of failing. We always have a fear of, of, of you know, like struggling, but just fail in a spectacular way. People that will laugh at you they will soon say, oh, I know this person when you accomplish, you know, whatever you need to accomplish. We always, you know, whenever you send out a note, and this is for the listeners, where they, they reach out to someone and, you know, it's like you, you, you will not get a response or you get, you get rejected and people will laugh at you for even trying. But then again, if you make it and you will make it one day, right? I, I believe that everyone will make it one day if they put that, that effort and pay off their rent. If you make it, People will say, I know this person. Wow, you know, I always knew, I always knew you would you would do so well. So watch out for that. Watch out for those who will say, I always knew you would do so well. But then again, um, you know, they never even helped you to get to that point. So I would say that world records exist for a reason. World records exist for a reason, and it's always important to try. You 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 have to put that that effort forward. If you fail, that's okay. You always have another day. Time and also time is your biggest competitor. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I touch on that part. That's yeah, we're yeah. definitely gonna have to bring you back for a part two, so you <laughs> can drop some more gems on gems. But what is your call to action for this segment? Because we talked about you growing up, we talked about rejection resume and your book. So the call to action, I would say, well, besides buying my book, um, the call to action is create your rejection resume. Feel free to share your rejection resume. Um, you may not have to share with your employers or you know, the people that you're applying, the, the jobs that you're applying for, but it's okay to share it on social media. It's okay to share that, you know, the rejection resume if you feel comfortable. 
share with your friends or share with your family members. So that way they can have a better understanding of how hard you've been trying and, you know, the progress that you made since, you know, the, the time that you thought about, you know, going after your own career. So that's the call to action. Create your rejection resume and buy the book. And Eli, how can the listeners and viewers connect with you? What's your website? And where do you primarily hang out on social media? So um, my website is Dr. Eli Joseph, D-R-E-L-I-J-O-S-E-P-H. That, as far as the handle, it's pretty much the same for Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, Clubhouse. I generally hang out on Instagram and Clubhouse. It's the same username handle. D-R-E-L-I-J-O-S-E-P-H, that's Dr. Eli Joseph, all across. My website is also the same as well. Um, you can also buy the book too on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Um, it's, it's cheap, so it's not really that, that expensive. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems Podcast. The book is probably the price that you will pay for a fast food meal or maybe some coffee plus like a pastry. So definitely don't be cheap and go learn about the <laughs> rejection resume and until we chat next time subscribe and share this segment we are on 40 plus platforms connect with us on youtube at gems with genesis amaris kemp and we're also looking for brand sponsors and ambassadors to continue the mission of gems podcast where we are here to educate inspire and motivate while connecting the dots and bridging the gap between diversity equity inclusion and belonging because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. We are ranked in the top 3% globally per www.listennotes.com. That's 3% in comparison to all the podcasts that are out there. So definitely looking for monetary contributions and donations to continue to spread this podcast reach. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Remember, your rejection can turn into your biggest blessing because you learn from the rejection, you build upon it, and the same people that rejected you may be the ones that you have to employ later on in life. So as a person would say, oh, (laughs) so have a good one. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.